Okay, so let us just pray. I just want to thank you for your obedience unto God. Uh, the Lord did give me a, a strange ma- message, and it uh, just dropped into me spirit. Excuse me, during the week, and uh, I said, Lord, what are you going? Where are you going with this? And their churches down in Dublin have been shut down for a few weeks. So obviously the Lord has a word, and I believe that the Lord Jesus has given me a word for you as a church. And before we even go into this message, I just want to say this to you. No matter where you've come from, no matter what tradition, what background, even your beliefs, in a sense, it's God's will for you to be free. It is. It's God's will for each and every one of us to walk to live, to abound in the freedom that Christ Jesus has purchased for each and every one of us on Calvary's cross. That's God's will. It's his desire, it's his heart to see you born in with a passion for his name. Is that an amen? That's an amen. I think sometimes that the, the enemy, in a sense, has blinded the eyes even of believers that we don't know what we have in Christ Jesus. When Jesus says, it is for freedom that I have come to set you free. I want you to be free. I want you to be living in the way that I have called you to live. I don't want you to live to, uh, in the ways of this, this world. But I want you to live in the ways that I have called you to live. And every one of us, regardless of tradition or background, or Pentecostal or Baptist or Methodist or whatever that is out there, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior, wants you to be walking in freedom. And I believe today that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to set some of you on fire for his glory. That you are going to do things that you thought not possible of yourself. That you are going to start walking and living in resurrection power. Hallelujah. Amen. We worship a God that's alive. He's not dead. He's alive. Jesus Christ, risen from the dead. You really do have to do social distancing with me. Because I do scream, I do shout a lot, Hallelujah. So Father God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are in the midst of us today. And it's your will, Lord God, to take us out, even of our comfort zone today, to raise us up, Lord God, to be the men and the women of God that you've called us for to be. I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would just move on every heart in this place, that lives will be changed, transformed, renewed, refreshed, And Lord, walking in the resurrection power that is ours in Christ Jesus. Amen. So if you have a Bible and you want to turn to Corinthians, with me, 2 Corinthians, and it's uh, chapter 12, starting at verse 19. I'm going to put my glasses on for this. For a second. And this is Paul talking to the Corinthian church. And as I said during the week, I was asking the Lord, Lord, where are you going with this? You know, as a church, because I I was preaching something similar last week in a church, but obviously the Lord has a message 
for each and every one of us here. Because the word of God says that when you speak, you speak as one given the authority of Christ Jesus. The very words of God, it's not even going to be yourself speaking. And I don't know about you, but I believe that. Because in, my, in myself, I could not get up and actually do this. It has to be God that moves me. And that is what I'm going to be talking about. It has to be God that moves me into the things that he wants me to do. I can do nothing without him, but through him, I can do all things. Amen. So chapter 12, verse 17 says, or 19 says this. He says, have you been thinking all along that we have been defending ourselves to you? We have been speaking in the sight of God and as those who are in Christ. And everything we do, dear friends, is for your strengthening. For I am afraid that when I come to you, I may not find you as I want you to be. And you may not find me as you want me to be. Listen to this. I fear, and this is Paul here, I fear that they may be that there may be quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, factions, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. I am afraid that when I come, my God may humble me before you, and I will be grieved over many who have sinned earlier. And have not repented. Are you getting this? For those who have sinned earlier. And that have not repented. Of impurity. Sexual sin. And debauchery. In which they have lived. So I was asking the Lord. All week. Lord what are you doing? Giving me a message like this. Like in some churches. You can't even talk about this stuff. He can't mention sin, never mind the butchery. And Paul is speaking and sending this letter to the church and saying, look it. He says, when I come to you, I may not find you the way I want to find you. And as I was praying into this message this week, I felt the Lord saying to me that there's some of my people and they're living like this at the moment, but they're not living the way that I want them to live. And it's not condemning, it's not judging, but what God is saying, look at, I've better for you. I've better. You see, these things that we are talking about here concerns religion. It doesn't, it doesn't concern the relationship that we have with Christ Jesus. You know, when you have the love of God in your heart, all of these things should be foreign to you. We have the power of God living in each and every one of us. The spirit that overcomes the things of this world. These are the traits of the people, the pagans of this world. They carry on like this. And Paul is saying, this is not right for godly people. And in a sense, you are forfeiting the grace that God has given you. The grace that could be yours to overcome all of these things you are forfeiting. We live in a culture at the moment that says you don't have to repent any longer. You can carry on living the way you are living. We will accept you into church. 
that you can live as you please. That it's okay to live in that relationship or or do that or steal here or, or do this. It's okay, we will accept you. And God will accept you because God is love. And he will overlook it. They're writing books at the moment about not repenting. You've been forgiven once. You don't have to do it any longer. It's not the word of God I'm reading. The Bible tells me to keep short accounts. I have to keep short accounts with Christ Jesus. I fail him miserably, but I know his grace, his strength, his mercy lifts me. I know in these things that people indulge with, it's not living according to God's best because the Spirit of God is not in it. Paul says, I'm sorry. when I come to you, I think God may humble me. And I was thinking about this this morning. You know, as leaders, as a pastor, we are called to lead people into the fullness of God. Do you know how hard that job is? That's not a job that's took lightly. We're called to bring people and walk people and carry people and deliver people into God's best. And when we read letters like this in the Word of God, what God is saying to us, look, come on, I want you to not get caught up in these things anymore. I want you to walk in my fullness. I want you to walk in my resurrection life. Like we talk about Christ in me. Christ in me. His glory in me. His Holy Spirit in me. And here we have Paul talking to this church. The heading of this in the word of God is Paul's concern for the church. Paul's concern for the people of God. What he is seeing, what he is hearing out on the streets, them Christians. Should they no different than us? I was sitting around a pack of them the other night in the pub and slagging off the pastor or slagging off the Sunday school teacher or cracking jokes. Or, they're no different than us. And this is what Paul is saying here. This is not right for God's holy people. You know, God says, I've called you to be holy. I've called you to, to live in holiness. He says, without holiness, nobody will see me. So God wants us as a people to be set apart from the things of this world for the holy things of God. And that's why Paul seeing this is saying, no, this is wrong. You carried on in sexual sin, but did you truly repent of it? Did you truly get down on your knees and ask God, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me for gossiping. Forgive me for slandering. Forgive me for for, for, uh, anger and rage. Please forgive me. And God says, I want to forgive you. I want to heal you. I want to deliver you. I want to make you. I've invested in you my precious blood. And I want you to walk in my precious life. That you may shut the mouths of the scoffers. You know, I was singing a song there that my name 
is graven on his hand. Do you believe that today, that your name is graven on the hand of God? That when Jesus looks at his nails, pierced hands, he sees your name. He sees your name. That in itself should make us want to live a life that blesses the heart of God. You know, we're living in an age at the moment where we don't know what tomorrow holds. You ask anybody and they will tell you, Jesus is coming. All the signs are pointing to it. What is going on in this earth? There's many that are Christians that have fall under the weight of COVID. They stop meeting together. Churches are on lockdown even when they're not saying lockdown. They stop the worship going to heaven. Wonder what Paul's letter for the church at this moment would be. I wonder if Paul was writing a letter to you this morning, how would it read? How would it spell out? See, Paul's concerned about the church. And Paul says, I want to come to you to strengthen you, to build you up. And as I said, a message like this can sometimes be weighty and heavy. Hold on, you're talking about things you shouldn't be talking about. Don't mention the botry within church. It's a a real thing. I tell you, if Paul was in modern-day church, he'd be kicked out. Did you know that? He'd be kicked out of the church. If he was in any church, he'd probably kick him out. Because his standards are high, aren't they? They're very high. But the thing about it is, and this is where we get it wrong, when Paul says we can live like this, when Paul says we can live in perfection, when Paul says that we can overcome all the things that the enemy throws at us, he's not asking us to do it in our own strength. He says there's a strength available to each and every one of us that we can overcome the things of the enemy, the things of this world. This is what Paul says again. Therefore, or Peter, sorry, 1 Peter 4, it says, Therefore, since Christ suffered in the body, arm yourselves with the same attitude. Arm yourself with the same attitude as Christ. And you know what that says? I'm going to die for this world, but I'm going to die to this world. I am no longer going to carry on living for myself because I know from what I've been redeemed. I know the pit in which I was in when God raised me from the dead and I am no longer going back to that place. 
I'm going to start living and walking in the light of God. I am going to be moved when he says move. And that is for each and every one of us. Therefore, since Christ suffered in the body, arm yourselves with the same attitude. It says, because he who has suffered in the body is done with sin. He that has suffered in the body has done with sin. That is saying to me that I no longer have to live like this. I don't have to be a gossip. I don't have to be a a slanderer. I don't have to have fits of rage in my life and anger. I can live in peace with God, at one with God and with my fellow men. I can be a trophy and a testimony of His goodness, His glory, His deliverance and His freedom. I am made whole in Christ Jesus because of the cross. Come on, people. This is our inheritance. This is what Christ died for. For you and for me, that we can live in freedom. That we can live according to his ways. Listen to what it says here in Psalm 24. We were singing this all weekend. We were up in Balliards and we took the roof off last night. I was saying to myself, we must have gotten Ken's spirit from Friday. They take the roof off and they sing. But listen to what it says. In Psalm 24. And the funny thing is about this psalm, and you're reading it, I was reading it yesterday, and it's uh, it's David after being you know, pretending to Amalek that he was off the head, that he was mental, that he was a lunatic. And it's a, it's a psalm of deliverance. And can I ask you this morning, is this your heart before God? You know what, is this just a Sunday service that you're coming to? Because you've been brought up in a tradition where you just go to church every Sunday. You know, we've been brought up as Catholics. We were better church as kids. Better church. We used to go and smoke behind the, the door and knock on in. And then they used to tell us to make sure you bring back a leaflet or something. To make sure that we were back in church. And we were bet with the Bible stick most of our lives as Catholics. And the fear of God that we had was a very, very unhealthy fear. And I have said the fear of God is not fear. It's actually to revere. But now it's actually fear. It's actually to fear God is to understand His majesty. How big He actually is. That He can take me out within a second. Just one word for Him and I'm gone. That he can choose whether to save me or not. 
He is massive. He is majestic. He's above all things. Through him and in him is all things. So we should be fearing God. But not that type of fear. You should be coming to church on a Sunday, not because of tradition, not out of religiosity, because if you're coming that way, you're only coming as a hypocrite. I get up and go to church on a Sunday morning because I want to worship Him. But my church doesn't stop at 1 o'clock on a Sunday. It starts back again at 6 o'clock on a, on a Monday morning. It goes right through the week. Saturday I spend all my days just worshipping Him simply because He what He's done for me. This is not about tradition. Listen what Paul says. He says, examine yourself. I love this scripture. Examine yourself. Make sure you are in the faith. Don't just presume it. But make sure. Are you born again of the spirit of the living God? Are you awakened to the things of the Holy Spirit? Are you moving in the power of his resurrection life? Because if you're not, if you're a gossip, if you're a slanderer, if you have bouts of rage and anger, if you're a thief, if you're an adulterer, if you're a fornicator, you need to question yourselves in this. Because God, sending his son, Jesus Christ, and the blood that he shed for each and every one of us in this place is worth more than that. It's worth more than that. It's worth more than living the way Paul has seen this church live. So Paul says, examine yourself. Even to the young ones around you today, the teenagers, are you born again of God's Spirit? Are you coming because your mother and your father has asked you to come this morning? Are you, do you have that desire in your heart to get right with God? To live for Jesus? Or is it just a tradition or a religious duty and it'll soon be over and that madman up the front that's screaming and shouting will be gone home and we can carry on living the way we're living and then next week we'll come and we'll sing a few more songs and it's going to be lovely and Ken will probably have his voice back and the roof will probably come off the building are you ready today to surrender your life to Jesus? See, when Paul says examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith, what he's really saying here, and even with all of that other stuff, make sure you're in the faith because God wants you to be in the faith. You know, I thought of Jesus this morning, you know, dying for each and every one of us. and i just seen this. Sometimes I wonder, you know, how can Jesus love us when he sees us false failings? I'm not saying that. And I'm not making excuses for it, but I'm not saying that. Because that's another thing, isn't it, that's come into the church that, well, look, you don't live. You fail. And we all do. We fail miserably. We fall. We all fall miserably. But you know something, righteous man always gets up. 
He may fall, but the righteous man always gets up. David, the man of God, was uh, a man after God's own heart. That's a question I'll ask God when I get there. How was David a man after your own heart? You're seeing some of the stuff that he got up to. But you know David's heart, even in his failings, even in his weaknesses, was for God. To serve God with all his heart. And, and the answer is there. He loved the Lord. He loved the Lord. He had failings. He, he had weaknesses. And I'm not saying that. And Paul is not saying that. Because we all fail. But is your heart this morning to live for Christ Jesus? Do you truly believe that your name is graven on his heart, on his hand? Do you truly believe that today? Have you been making up excuses before God? Saying, well, they don't need me doing that. But you don't need me doing this. Someone else is doing it. Is your heart to serve God in your job or are you just like everybody else? Do you tell people about the mercy and the grace of Jesus Christ? Does your life radiant, is your, is your face the radiance of God when you're around those sitting in darkness? Is your life a, a pleasing aroma? Is your worship unto God, not just a Sunday thing? Listen to what Psalm 24 says. It says, I will extol the Lord at all times, not just on a Sunday. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will be always on my lips. Do you know something? If his praise is on your lips, there's no room for gossip or slander. If his praise is constantly on your lips, there's no room for cursing or swearing. It says, my soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. And then he says, glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Is that your heart when you're with your friends? Come on and glorify the Lord in me. Let's have a worship party in my house where we glorify and exalt the Lord together. Is that your heart this morning? I love this. And this is what it says. He says, I sought the Lord. And he answered me. You know, God answered your cry. God answered you when you cried out. From whatever pit you came from. Because we've all come from some place of darkness. Every one of us. You don't have to be an alcoholic or a drug addict to be a Christian. 
You can be a housewife that struggles in darkness and loneliness on her own. You can be a bereaved widow. You can be a broken young man that doesn't know what his future holds. You can be an old age pensioner living on your own. And you cried out to God. And he heard you. You know, the mercy of God blows my mind. It really does. You know, as a pastor, sometimes I was sharing with the lads last night. I want people to be at a place where they're leading. I think Ken was talking about it the other night. We're all leaders. Doesn't matter what age you are, you're a leader. If you are living in a, a place where the six or seven bungalows full of old age pensioners, you can invite the friends over on a Friday or Saturday night and say, come on, let's exalt the Lord together. Let's lift up the name of Jesus and worship him. It says the poor man called on the Lord and he heard him. This is for us. If you were born again of God's spirit this morning in this place, this is for you. The poor man, the broken in spirit man, the depressed man, the hungry man, the lost man, the dead man called unto the Lord. And it says he saved him out of all his troubles. And then he goes on to say, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. And he delivers them. And then it says, Taste and see. Taste and see that God is good. Have you got that testimony in your heart this morning? Young or old, come on, taste and see that God, that my God, my God. See, he's a personal God, isn't he? He's my God. You know, God is a jealous God. I'm jealous as well. He's my God. Oh my God. I once heard a preacher talking about having an encounter with God on a Sunday morning once and he says, I think you're a bit of a lawyer. I says, because Jesus was with me this morning. He was with me in my quiet time. And I'm his chosen and I'm his special one. And he loves me. Because my name, see me name, is graven on his hands. I'm his special one. You're his special one. You're his special one, brother. Jesus loves you. More than you can ask, think, or imagine. And it says his plans for you are good. Plans to give you a hope and a future. That is for you. Jesus loves you. More than anything else in this world. On his hands. Taste and see. Taste and see that God is good.
Now, I'm after being speaking here this morning. I'm not going to apologize for the word of God. But can I ask you one thing? I say we're going into closing there, right? Can I ask you one thing? If you don't believe that your name is graven on his hand, if you have been living according to your own ways, come on, this is the day. This is the day of salvation. The Bible says this is the day of God's favor on your life. And you know, God says, I'm not going to count your sins against you. But I'm giving you an opportunity. And that is what Paul is saying. Examine yourself. Are you in the faith? Are you born again? Are you spirit-filled? Are you Bible-believing? Are you going to spend eternity with Jesus? Are you living for Jesus? Are you dying every day for Jesus? Is this you? This you? Are you like the Corinthian church? And take this seriously. Don't take it from me. But take as the word of God, a word from God. Are you like the Corinthian church this morning? Needing to come and repent of the ways or some of the ways that you've been living. Is that sexual sin in your life? Have you been gossiping? Have you been slagging off somebody here and there? Because this is what Paul is saying. When I come to you, I find you, I might not be finding you the way I expect to find you. So I'm going to close off this meeting. I'm going to close off this meeting and I'm going to do an altar call in this place this morning. I'm going to open up the altar to folks that really want to get right with God. I'm not looking for numbers. God is looking for the one. But he's looking for the one that's going to be bold and says, I've heard of God this morning and I am responding to his call upon my life. And I'm going to live out the rest of my days to serve him simply because my name is graven on his hands. So young or old, young or old, I'm going to ask you this morning, if God has been speaking to you in an issue in your life in which you need to get right, before God. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. God is speaking to you. And I'm going to open up this altar for you to come up. Stand with me as we stand before God and ask Christ Jesus to forgive us for the way that we've been living now and even in the past. For sins in our hearts that we have not probably repented of. And today will change our life. I mean it. Because Paul isn't slagging off the church. He's not saying he's at all doomed to hell. 
Paul is saying to you, I'm coming to you. I'm sending you as notice that I know what's going on. I know what's going on in your church. I know what's going on in your life. And I'm sending you notice that you need to do something about it. And today, God is just sending us notice. And he's saying, look, I know what's going on behind the scenes. See, God is the revealer of truths. We sometimes forget that, don't we? He says what's done in secret is always going to be brought out into the open. It's truth. He's bound by truth. Desire truth. So I'm going to open up the altar today to folks. If you don't know Jesus Christ, as you're, and I mean, look at, come on, I'm not talking about tradition. If you're brought up a Pentecostal, doesn't make it a Christian. A Baptist, a Methodist, Church of Ireland, a Catholic, that does not make you a Christian. Jesus says, unless a man be born of my spirit, it's the Spirit of God that makes us alive. It's the Spirit of God that makes us a Christian. It's the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all unrighteousness, from all sin. And I'm going to ask you this morning, if God has been speaking to you, would you please come forward that we can pray? Young or old, it's time to get your life right with God. It's time to fall on your face and ask Jesus Christ to make you into the person that he wants you to be. If this is you this morning, would you please come forward and we pray together, we believe together, we stay together, we walk together, and we'll spend eternity together in heaven. Amen. Be bold. Come on. Be bold.